Welcome to the Small Town Podcast. This is Season 2. I'm Monica Lacey, and I'll be your host for some engaging discussions with artists working in contemporary art in Prince Edward Island. Each episode focuses on a different medium, and I bring two artists into conversation around it and their process. This town is small as PEI's only artist-run centre, incorporated in 2010, and we are dedicated to helping foster sustainability for contemporary arts practice in this province. This project is made possible via the support of Innovation PEI through the PEI Culture Action Plan. We recorded these sessions on traditional, unceded Mi'kmaq territory. Big thank you to Devin Ross at Thin Slice Media for the sound recording, editing, and music. For more information on each of the artists I speak with, please see the show notes for each episode. This episode takes us into the three-dimensional realm, where I discuss sculpture and installation art with Sarah Saunders and Sandy Hartling. These two guests have some of the most care-filled approaches to their art that I've ever witnessed, and it was a real joy to hear about their process. So welcome. Thank, Thank you, you for joining me. And uh, just to get started, I'll ask you just to introduce yourself. And um, this is just like the nutshell introduction. So anything you want to say about how you identify as an artist, um, the work that you make, and then we'll get more in depth later on. So if you want to just say your name and anything else you want to add about the work that you make. Okay. Anybody can start. Uh, my name is Sarah <laughs> Saunders. Um, the work I make, I would call small sculptural objects. Um, they are predominantly made of clay, uh, porcelain in particular. They are easily recognizable as things you'd be familiar with, so silver spoons, uh, textiles, furs. Um, they are things that are around my home and have been in my family often for a long time. So for me, they're connectors to other people's presence in my history and my place in that history. So I either work with them directly or I work with them as inspiration for new objects and sometimes images as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I've, like if somebody's not already looking up your website yeah. for that description. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And Sandy? I'm Sandy Hartling, and I'm a, what I'd call part-time artist <laughs> in uh, Charlottetown here. Um, I would say uh, my work is fairly interdisciplinary. <clears throat> I use a uh, um, lot of I do a lot of installation work and experiment with sound, um, video, text, um, drawing, painting, and kind of different um, ways of combining those things. Um, but I, I would say that uh, at the, the very core of my work uh, is an interest in um, <clears throat> like how we interpret the information around us and then take that data um, and and uh, translate it into ideas um, and perceptions of truth. Mm. Also mm -hmm. so intriguing. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> I, I'm familiar with your work, but I'm excited for the people listening who aren't, who are like, what? Yeah. I just <laughs> need to see that immediately. 
Um, so next I want to ask you about like how did you get started as an artist? What has your trajectory been like? How did you, how did it all start? How did you find your way to what you're making now? And again, anybody can jump in. Go ahead. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, like I think that the question like, how did you sort of become an artist? I've mm. never really been mm. able to answer, but I could say maybe that um, um, what I enjoy about being an artist um, is that it allows me to explore different topics and areas that I'm interested in, um, you know, so that I can um, research optics and, you know, philosophy and art history mm -hmm. and you know so there's a broad range of topics um and otherwise in terms of a sort of trajectory yeah um i would say that my practice has um sort of happened in waves maybe um <clears throat> you know always being kind of employed part or full-time in other positions, I would say that at different stages in my life, I've had more or less time to devote to my art practice. Um, and so I would say that, you know, those stages where I'm able to commit um, more time to my practice, um, obviously I think I, or I feel that I develop more in those time periods. And then those slower periods mm -hmm. are sort of more just sort of percolating and right, you know yeah. things sort of piling up and then you know maybe mm -hmm. there's the opportunity and then those things all come together and they come towards a piece and then it slows back down again and you know <laughs> and you yeah. did go to art school I did right yeah. Yeah. yeah and do you feel like you were always looking at the world through this lens or was it something that sort of dawned on you of like oh I, I want to make some art um Or maybe that's hard to hard to know. Maybe it is. I don't know. I think I was always kind of intimidated about the idea of going to art school because I um, I didn't enjoy making representational art when mm. I was younger, mm. and so I was very nervous going going to art school, thinking that maybe this wasn't for me. <laughs> Um, and I think I found out, you know, that I just fit into a different category mm. of mm. art making. Um, so in that sense, I feel like I, those experiences and things, you know, have the past experiences did lead me there, <laughs> you know, or interest yeah. led me um, to art making. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And Sarah, what about you? What's, what has your journey been like to get mm. to the work that you're making now? Long and convoluted for yeah. <laughs> a lot of people, I think. Um, art was always part of my life, I would say. Growing up, my mother was very artistic and encouraged that. And, um, I, you know, we did some art lessons at the center. And uh, if there were things on the go, she would find them for us. And we did a lot at home. The idea of being an artist, I would say... I didn't think about that a lot. Initially... After high school, for instance, I was more interested in ballet and went to ballet school. Um, but then also enjoyed school and schoolwork and science, so ended up actually doing a degree in biology. And that was probably um, 
my interest, but also something that my family would be more comfortable with, as opposed to saying I'm going to art school. Mm -hmm. um, so art was sort of a, a separate thing that was mine. I drew and painted. And so it, I think it took a while to convince myself that that's something I could have as substance in my life. And again, I took a few different routes to get there, thinking like, how does it fit with science? Should it be scientific illustration? But I do recall like finishing biology and deciding either you carry on down this road and go do a master's in something, or you jump ship now and go mm. to Paris and study art. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, even then it was still very much more of a fine art basis, I think, for me. Mm -hmm. And when I decided to go to art school, I chose NASCAD, not fully realizing that it was a particularly conceptual school. Right. And got there and was very quickly um, set down different roads than what I had intended when I got there and enjoyed them all. I loved sort of the oh, critical wow. input. I loved the critical thinking. Um, so yeah, it was. I didn't really know what I was going for, I think, when I went, but I did enjoy it and found it um, elements there that I didn't expect that I think influenced the directions I went. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's neat. Mm -hmm. yeah. And did you come to your um, ceramic work through that, or was that later? That, that was later. In a lot of ways, I guess I would say I'm somewhat self-taught. Even though I went to art school, a lot of what I was doing there was design-based. There was still this practical element to it that, mm. you know, you could be employed with this. Mm. And, and I found it intriguing. It was a lot of semiotics and things that I really liked. So. Um, after I was working for a few years in the design field and at a point in my life where again you're kind of going like what do I really want in my life how do I want to live and you know what things do I want to be doing with my time and I kept coming back to I want to be able to have the freedom to execute these ideas and things that I'm thinking about and make objects that matter to me and how do I do that mm -hmm. and it was largely maybe go back to Canada. I was living at that time in Amsterdam and go back there, find a quiet place where you can focus on your own brain and not be inundated with all this work that other people are doing, that you're seeing in galleries, that you're being influenced by. Just go find some space, listen to yourself and figure out what you want to make and how you want to do it. So that's... That's what I did. And that was coming back here. Yeah. 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 And did it, did you grow up here originally? I did grow yeah. up here. So. Yeah. So it was coming, uh, coming yeah, home. It was an well. easy place to come back to. And yeah. I knew the life that would be available to me here or mm -hmm. in the Maritimes mm -hmm. in general in a lot of ways. And that it could be quiet enough that you could make that space. And if you're going to live precariously, you could do it here in relative ease in some ways so, yeah. yeah yeah it's yeah. a good place to have your income be speculative right so it's a soft landing yeah. <laughs> compared yeah. with other yeah. places yeah. yeah yeah thank you for that um so what is your in a perfect world you have all you have the perfect space you have um you know all the time you have like the music you want to listen to like what is your ideal working process you get an idea, and then what? 
Read. <laughs> read? Oh, <laughs> nice. That's where you start? Probably. Is, and, and in a research way or just to kind of get your mind <clears throat> Sometimes, working? Um, yeah, it could be um, fictional or nonfiction, but yeah, just to sort of, if there's something about that that's, you know, about that topic, um, mm. I might find mm. that in a novel or I might find that in, in an encyclopedia and yeah. Mm, I yeah. love that approach. And then yeah. from there, would you start to kind of s- sketch or write? It's or what's usually next? always writing. So mm. um, the sketches, yeah, there's very little sketching. I would say mostly it's about recording ideas that I have um, around that topic and uh, sort of creating. Um, like a sort of web of, <laughs> you know, things that are kind of related and I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, and some of that, you know, some of that is very research-based um, kind of notes and um, references to, um, books and things like that. But, um, yeah, in the, in the perfect world, what would my sort of studio and process be like? I think um, maybe... I would have a yeah a lot of access to information uh, mm. because sometimes the topics that I'm interested in um, it's hard to find um, certain references uh, to those things um, so a lot of access to information and uh, a very nice quiet space mm. <laughs> with big tables and lots of places mm-hmm. for me to like sort of organize those thoughts and writings um, and then sketches eventually do happen in some form. Um, and do you like having kind of the, the drawn out time that, you know, another, having another work, um, you yeah. know, it sort of forces you into that where your projects are likely taking a bit longer than if you just had all the time. the time. Yeah. Yeah. But is, <laughs> yeah. is that a, actually a part of your process or, or would you love to have just mm. six months with nothing to do but work on that project? Yeah. Mm. I think that is appealing. It sounds appealing. Right. You know, um, and, but I think you might be right that uh, those other experiences and those other things that you encounter, um, they do influence, you know, those other things do influence the work yeah yeah and so um you know because i can be inspired visually Mm. as well it's you know um and so working in construction you see a lot of um wooden wooden things you know arrangements Mm. and patterns and things that end up in my work and so i feel like if i wasn't um, working, I wouldn't see those things and then, or have those experiences and then they wouldn't make it to the yeah. sketches yeah. and the yeah, thoughts. And, yeah. mm, that's interesting. No, mm. I'm really interested in the, the influence of like time and space mm. on the work. Mm. You know? mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, it's, it's really kind of a slow cooker experience. Like right. if I have more mm. time, the work doesn't get made faster. I still need, yes. I need the time for it to like percolate and yeah. kind of to, to draw the juice out of it. You yeah, know, like, right. Like you can't pull the taffy quickly. You right. Know? It needs to, <laughs> yeah, it needs the time. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just interested in it in that way. Maybe it yeah. matters too if you feel like you have control over that time. Like mm-hmm. if your other work is construction and 
you know, you're in the middle of something and then I don't know how it works for you, to, but you get a call to go, oh, there's a job, we need you now. And you're yeah. like, no, I want another two weeks. Or, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. That I could see being an influence on whether or not um, you can enjoy that back and forth or mm-hmm. not, you know. Yeah. yeah. I think I do work well too with deadlines. Mm. I think that helps a lot. Deadlines. Yeah. yeah. Very as much as I hate them. I know. Yeah. They, they do, really just, do a lot. Yeah, it makes yeah, a container. Yeah. Like it, yeah. Yeah, it, it helps bring the infinite ideas into a finite mm-hmm. space. Well, and other parameters do that too. And it's funny when we were doing this, and initially it was supposed to be somebody else, and then uh, you said it was going to be Sandy or mm-hmm. something. And it made me think, for me, this is a bit of a different topic, but um, as far as parameters go with projects, one time you organized a project, Exquisite, where different people mm-hmm. all did yeah. things. Yeah. And I remember, you know, the thing, the invitation came for that. I was like, oh, I don't really work that way, you know, responding to other people and stuff. I was like, oh, and I was like, no, that would be good, <laughs> good yeah. for you, do it. You know? yeah. So I did, and I got your piece as the oh, one really? to follow oh, from. That's right. yeah. 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 So I was thinking, isn't that serendipitous? And here oh, we are. Yeah. But, um, and conveniently, it was one, I mean, I would have worked with whatever, that was the whole point, mm-hmm. and to respond, but yours aesthetically was such a nice fit. I'm I was trying like, to remember what It was beautiful. Was. It was a gray paper with white, a white line into yeah. some text, oh, yeah. and then it ran off ran the off. other end. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, yeah, this is totally my world. I yeah. can yeah. I can work with this yeah. lovely gestural line and oh, everything. That's so neat. So, but that was nice for me in a way, too. It was a good learning thing mm-hmm. to have those parameters of this is the project, this is the scale, these are the things, and how you work. So mm-hmm. in a similar way, work and other sources, other things in your life can play that role a little bit, too. Yeah. Deadlines do, for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. 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 And Sarah, what's your process like when you... What, in that beautiful ideal world. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or even if you want to speak about what, what it how it actually plays out and how you wish it played out or if there's a discrepancy there. That ideal studio space or whatever, sure, would be lovely. My space, which is great, um, makes me a part-time artist as well. Mm. I'm closing it up right now. It's really only a summer space. So the winter time, I'm thinking a lot and percolating and doing a lot of that Mm. stuff. But the ideal space for me is that being able to get my hands in some clay, get some stuff out, the things that are inspiring me or that I'm thinking about or just rummaging through stuff mm. and going like, oh, why do I hang on to this? What do I like about this? Why? What is it with this thing? And mm-hmm. putting my hands on them and trying some things going, you know, oh, maybe I want it to be an image or maybe I want it to be this and trying it and putting it up and looking at it and go, no, that's really trite or something else, what it needs something. And Mm. so there's a physical element to a big warm space that you can put stuff in and Mm. touch it and go, oh, isn't this, it feels a certain way. What, What is it I like about that feel? So there'd be that. The other part to how I work is that percolating and partially it's dictated by that, that my workspace is sort of limited. So Mm. a lot of percolating goes on Mm -hmm. and which can be useful because then when you go to make stuff, 
you're drawing upon that or you're recognizing things when they happen in the work and going, oh yes, this is mm. the road I want to go down mm. or I'm after more delicacy or less delicacy or less literalness or whatever it is you, you've been percolating with mm -hmm. for a while. Yeah. Mm. And for each of you, do other people... Um, like, are other people a part of your process? Do you find you, you like to be in conversation and, and um, you know, like talk about the ideas with anyone? Or is it is it kind of all secret until it's ready to show? <laughs> or does it depend? I don't think I'd say secret. I would say it always feels like um, a fair bit of effort for me to make my work. And I'm so busy with that effort and process there isn't room. I'm not mm. looking for other input until I get my own input dealt with first and execute something. And then, yes, I welcome intelligent input for sure. But during the process, I think it's enough of a process to be dealing with my own brain and my own thoughts mm. and traveling my own road, really. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I kind of fully understand that <laughs> um, because it sounds like we have sort of a very similar kind of analytical mm. approach um, of sort of sorting ideas or textures or you know like what am I doing with this thing or mm -hmm. that thing or what do I like about this right asking and, yourself that all the time yeah you gotta you know there's so much why mm -hmm. <laughs> involved and then pulling all that information together and, and dealing with that is, yeah, it's a lot of mental labor. And so very similarly, mm -hmm. there's not much room for anything else. Um, but um, at, at some point when I feel like, okay, this or maybe this or, you know, when mm -hmm. I can get it to a point where it's limited options, then I can, um, yeah, then I welcome input. Um, but I would also say that uh, I have a very different process when I work with um, Max Nechtel. So he and I have an artist collaboration called Average Height. And our process is very different. And we usually just sit around and um, have a couple drinks and talk and come up with ideas and, you know, make them as ridiculous as we want and then boil them down and just sort of like toss them around and what about this and that and what works for mm. this and so it's very loose mm. and very fun and um, I actually think that that benefits my own personal mm. practice mm. to that process of doing that with him um, allows me to kind of be a little less analytical mm. sometimes That's with my work. Yeah, because sometimes I can get really caught up mm -hmm. in that and I find it actually detrimental to the piece um, so that I'm, it's almost like overworking something, right. except I haven't even gotten to the work exactly. yet. Exactly. <laughs> I know what you mean. You can overthink it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're critiquing yeah. it while you're thinking it. Yeah. 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 Before you've even made yeah. something. Gotten yeah. anywhere with it. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Mm. That's nice to have that balance of, mm -hmm. of just the really loose, like everything goes. Yeah. Everything goes. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, and then and then to bring that, and maybe some of your precision comes into your work with him, mm -hmm. and, and it Vice cross pollinates in yeah. a nice mm -hmm. way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So I wanted to, one of the, the reasons I was like excited to have you both on um, together is I feel like you've done some similar things where you've worked like very, very small and like quite large and you've both done things like in kind of the white cube gallery, but also in an outdoor festival that's really being interacted mm -hmm. with. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, scale and, and what that experience has been like for you and, you know, are you more drawn in one direction or the other or are they just really different streams in your practice? So um, mm. just to just to think about that question of, um, you know, would you would you like to be doing more giant projects mm. or or, you know, is there the intimacy of the small object and and just uh, I just wanted to hear a bit about your experience with you know installation versus like book works which you both mm -hmm. made you know like versus things that are very small and, and intimate and have like a quieter energy um, yeah. yeah it's, it's kind of a it'd big, be nice, a big it'd be nice topic, to have staff staff yeah <laughs> for the big projects yeah that's right yeah 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 I love the big projects like art in the open where mm. it was my first chance to do like many people I think the big uh, outdoor temporary pieces um, I would have envisioned things like that many times but never have known where to jump off to do them mm -hmm. so art in the open was great for that it was very fun I loved being able to do that take those ideas and have a chance to execute them I did feel every time I did a project like man now I'd really like to redo that again mm. at like the real scale I meant or without this element of you know something helping that was there it was never as clean or as perfect or as beautiful mm. as you intended and yeah. how could it be on your first shot at something yeah. so that has been a limiting factor with going further with that where the ability, the cost, the support systems, trucks and cranes and mm -hmm. transportation and heavy lifters and people to help move the stuff around is the limiting factor mm -hmm. where it's just too discouraging and when it's only once in a while it's just too much work to round that all up and figure it out and yeah. one year I spent more time trying to arrange that stuff for the project than I would ever have spent on the project Oof. and we ended up not even doing it because oh, no. of that oh, as no. we're still sitting there in that pile of no. unrealized stuff where oh. it's like yeah like the management of that stuff is yeah. just a whole world where I go no I'd like to be the one envisioning it planning it yeah. executing the details making mm. the refinements and somebody else is doing all the logistics. Yeah, then you just sort of mm. pass it off. Mm -hmm. And okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah that's a, a pretty significant factor. Yeah. That, that large work. And, <clears throat> yeah. And something I think that when the audience sees it, they don't think about that they don't at think, all. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. don't see that side yeah, of it. They yeah, don't think, yeah. oh, I wonder how they got a crane I in know. that space to set up that work. Yeah. And you almost have to make that your practice to get good at those skills and develop mm. the networks, mm -hmm. like even if it's locally, like to know the people to call when you need mm -hmm. that yeah. help or whatever it is. Like it's a lot to do for a few one-offs, Yeah, I found. Yeah, oh, yeah, very yeah. challenging. Yeah. yeah. What was your experience like? Like you're also a builder, so you've been mm -hmm. making a lot of your your large scale stuff yourself. It's true, but I think um, 
I think most of my large scale works predated um, my um, schooling and my mm. um, starting carpentry. So it actually, that was sort of what pushed me in the direction oh, um, okay. to study carpentry and to get into construction was because uh, it was the stuff that I wanted to be able to mm. do myself was actually what I was hiring carpenters to do for me. And, um, you know, there was a lot else that, you know, all the other components of it that I was managing, but I was really concerned, you know, when you get to a big scale, safety is a huge issue mm -hmm. and a huge liability. Right. You know, and that terrifies me. <laughs> so I would never want to, or I didn't want to, um, take on that responsibility, not knowing sort of um, construction techniques at that scale. Mm. Um, but that was frustrating. And uh, because I really enjoyed doing large works and wanted to do more of them, um, that is sort of what got me going in that direction. Um, but also it's what I enjoy doing mm. outside of my art practice too. So it sort of benefits both. Um, and, you know, I would say the same thing, like logistically, those, you know, transportation issues and um, just, yeah, the whole other management mm -hmm. of it was... And the just, cost that goes with it. The cost. That more than yeah. obliterates mm -hmm. yeah. anything you ever make on a project. So. Oh, yeah. 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 That's... Yeah, and I guess so often they're being shown on a single day. Yeah. yeah. One, at, one day. At an outdoor yeah. festival. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if they're not, then they need to be, then there's a whole other level. Of, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Of, yes. of securing them yeah. and making sure the safety is there. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But I would say that um, um, in terms of the differences between small scale work and large scale work, I think um, as much as I would like to do more large scale work, um, I think it's also important. I think they are kind of two different streams, but they overlap, you mm -hmm. know, so that um, I wouldn't imagine being able to do something large if I hadn't sort of done it small mm -hmm. first. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, pulling together those components and, okay, this here and, and that there, and then blowing that up. And then, you know, mm -hmm. how does that, support this and blah 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 and so you know and then those elements of of the installation um for me i'm really interested in the framework and you know the visibility of the process and that sort of thing becomes a part of the piece too mm. you know um, mm. which i don't get on the small scale so um because it's different structures you're working with exactly. but you can't work with them small yeah 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 but they influence one another right. still you know. yeah. yeah, oh, that's interesting. Do you, when you're working, when you've worked large scale, do you make a miniature version? I have do you make sometimes. Yeah. 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 Uh, sort of a rough idea, not to scale mm. or anything yeah. like yeah. that, but um, just so I can kind of visualize the how things are going to mm -hmm. sit together. And, yeah. Yeah. Just keep going. But some materials too are different materials at a large scale mm -hmm. than a small scale, and you really have to just execute at large yeah to know what it's going to do you it's can true. go well oh if it's this big and i'm hoping it will do this but until you have 
purchase that material enough right. of it at that scale to do it and then go oh actually, actually <laughs> it doesn't droop or it does droop or yeah. it does whatever i was yeah. expecting so yeah like the way a toothpick is in a two by four <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. it just doesn't be the yeah. same way yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. but yeah i agree with what you're saying about <clears throat> them being connected um and mine which i haven't done that many large scale but I would say, and I think for me, the first few times I did, or even thought about what I would do, it was that interest in what are my ideas that can go big, that are still my ideas mm -hmm. in my small work? Like, what's the relationship? Because they're very different objects, yeah, right. or things, or sculptures, or whatever they are. Mm -hmm. But what are they sharing idea-wise that still feels like me and my thoughts? And that's fun and interesting. Mm -hmm. Would you put your spoon prints in that category? Like I think of those as large-scale yeah, work. Large -scale. They're yeah. huge. That's and, true. They yeah. are large in the context of my small work. Yeah. I think more landscape pieces, mm. outdoors in particular, as like massive or big yeah. mm. where you can think really big and go well, what mm. would it be like to be this big and people have to confront it and yeah. it's three times as big as people yeah that's big but i agree the spoon prints are a version of large within the context yeah. of my work or what they would normally be yeah. seen as and yeah the fur prints some of those are larger too that bring out more intimate details of something at a large scale, which is yeah. part of what I like about that. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask, what would you say, um, like are the key ingredients <clears throat> to your work? If you were to just kind of give some, some key words that are, they've got to be there for it to really feel like it's yours. Um, I think, I think I often see things recurring in my work, whether or not I'm aware of that, hmm. you know. Then, um, so text would be one. Um, I think um, for me, you know, because I'm interested in perceptions of reality and. Uh, um, definitions. Um, I think I, I enjoy te using text because text really highlights um, the possibility for misinterpretation. Mm. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing when I say misinterpretation. I think, you know, that there's multiple understandings um, to be read from one thing. So I think text um, plays a big part of my work for that. Um, and I also think humor um, often comes into my work and uh, sometimes it's it's just um, sometimes it's intentional and then other times I think it just develops and it's just kind of inherent in the work because a lot of my work is about seeking answers when there are none <laughs> you know there are no clear answers there's only questions and i know that going in you know and uh, i don't i don't um i can only expect to get so far with it yeah um mm. and so there's this sort of humorous aspect or kind of absurdity to the act of of uh 
well, I think of art making too, you know, mm. not just of, of looking for answers, but also art making. And I think that translates to life too. Mm. There's this sort of like, it's a big question mark. Yeah. 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 Um, and Sarah, do you want to speak to that? Like, what would you say are the ingredients in your work? The, the things, the threads that run through it all. Right. Gosh. That's kind of a hard one. I'm not sure why it's hard. I think maybe what, what other people see, I don't know how similar it is to what I see or what I'm going for. Like, I guess the things I would hope to distill into all my work would be maybe more formal things even like um, a visual elegance, mm. a simplicity. I'm always trying to either remove something that doesn't need to be there or make sure I'm not adding something to force it and what you can reduce it to that's the most pure form of the thing that will move you or draw you into it. Mm. So that kind of simplicity I'm after. Obviously delicacy, I guess I would have to say that's pretty obvious in a lot of my yeah. work. And I I hope a bit like Sandy's that it, it brings in a quality of life. It's about life itself mm -hmm. is this. It's delicate, right. it's fine, it's refined if you want it to be, it's those elements. Um, yeah. And especially, you know, your, a lot of those objects, like you said previously, <clears throat> are coming from your own life. So right. That sort of... Yeah, that link through that it. link, yeah. yeah you yeah. become a mediator for, right. yeah, for that. Yeah. So, once the work is made, what has your experience been like finding opportunities, venues, you know, curators, people who want to then, like, deliver it to the world. <laughs> what has that? Has it been grueling? Has it been easy? Does it go back and forth? What What has that experience been like? I think. Um, I think for me, um, I my process often works that I won't begin sort of the labor of the project until I have a confirmation uh, that mm. it will be exhibited somewhere. Um, I mean, partially that's because I can't afford the materials <laughs> and, you know, I don't have a studio space aside from what's the space inside my home and, you know, so just logistically it wouldn't make sense. Um, so I think, um, in that way, it sort of solves that problem, right? Mm. Um, so my work previous to that just exists as a big idea. <laughs> and then if someone says, yeah, okay, go for it. And, and then I do it. But, um, you know, there's, a, there's other drawing pieces and, you know, sp smaller works, book works and things like that, that um, I would like to be... Um, seen you know in other places um and i think partially i haven't done enough work on that mm -hmm. front <laughs> you know i i 
don't really have that kind of time. To do the research to, of... Yeah, finding yeah. out the calls and yeah. submitting, and that's a lot of work. It's hard to be everything yeah. in your own life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and when I had more time, I did, you know, and uh, and that was rewarding, and, and uh, but um, I can't say that... I can't say currently that I'm um, maybe frustrated by a lack of opportunity because I'm not really finding any for myself. So, <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> You've got no one to blame but yourself. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am frustrated by the amount of space it takes up in my house, though. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The yeah. studio space is always like an ongoing, ongoing. Yeah thing yeah. I think for all of us yeah. I would say uh, I feel like I've been very lucky actually in that respect I don't make a lot of work as you know and I don't make work quickly so over the time that I've been making work I think I've been very fortunate that the work I've made somebody has managed to see it who was able to do things with it on my behalf or invite me to a place where I could do something with it. So in spite of not having made much work early on, the work I made was put in fairly good shows that then Mm. other people would see it and inquire about me or what I'm doing next. So it's a bit of a snowball effect that if you're lucky to get it rolling, it's great and one thing can lead to another Mm. so i feel like yes i'm i have been lucky and i've never been that person who can send out a ton of proposals Mm -hmm. i just don't it would be too much work and too discouraging so i've been way more selective when i have done them and i've had to feel like it feels appropriate it feels appropriate for me to show in that gallery even Mm -hmm. to approach them and that they might feel like I'm appropriate for them. So I I guess I've been selective and had good luck. And it's something that you have to maintain. And I go through waves where I just want to do the work. Right now I just want to do some work. I don't have any work to talk to people about, so I don't have ideas to give them Mm -hmm. because until I make some work, I don't know what I'm saying or what the work is. So right now, I just want to make work and not worry about grant proposals or show proposals or mm-hmm. anything like that and take my chances. And if it sits around for a while and nobody has seen it, I'll deal with that and I'll have to see if somebody wants to see it, yeah. <laughs> do something with it. Yeah. The other yeah. part, I guess, for your work piling up, um, for me that at different times I've looked at is could this possibly be sold? Should it be in a commercial gallery? Is there anything I can do that could possibly go in a commercial gallery that people could handle it and mm-hmm. touch it and take it home and it doesn't fall apart on the way home? Yeah. And that type of thing. <laughs> and how do I figure that out? And how does this even get displayed if it cracks as soon as you touch it? And yeah. all those elements of display around my work or how does it get framed up or not? Mm. This Those big sheets of paper that spoons are on I don't want them framed and Mm -hmm. stuff like that that you just periodically I'll I'll think about spending time figuring that out and I try to and I never get a solution that I like those little porcelain folded shirts that 
Mm. I don't want to box them all in and have them permanently attached to something. I right. want them, they're objects. I don't want mm. them glued to some other thing. Like, yeah. So I always hit a wall with that stuff that I just can't figure it out. So I back away from the whole like commercial world and stay in the public gallery space, which means you're back to that sending in proposals, waiting in line, hoping, yeah. you know, the jurors are up for you or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. And that it ships safely. Yes. That it ships safely, yes. yeah. yeah. Or that you can drive it there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, lots of factors. Mm. So right now in your studios, what what um, part of the cycle are you in? Are you like, don't have a new idea, but are ready to kind of like make some tea and sit in there and let the ideas mm. come? Are you in the middle of a project? You just finished something? Um, yeah, what are you working on right now? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> funny you should ask. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I just finished a drawing installation. Mm -hmm. um, it's so awesome. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, um, curated by Monica Lacey. Mm -hmm. and, uh, just making your mark. It's at the so, at the guild uh, right now. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I just finished installing that two three days ago, um, and I was that was I was pretty nervous about that um, piece because that is a really good example of something that I've been thinking about the components of it for years and um, wow. none of that has had a life yet and so this was the first time that I was able to take those all those components mm -hmm. and put them together and uh, and it it, it was what I want, what I had hoped that it would be. And so that was a very satisfying um, oh, process. And it also so just good. felt, it was satisfying too to just kind of purge it out of my brain <laughs> finally. <laughs> you know, like, oh, that's great. Okay, I've done that now. And, you know, no, I think there's lots more to do in that vein. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited about that. But I think for right now, I'm just going to enjoy the satisfaction of of uh, accomplishing mm. that after years. Mm -hmm. And it took that opportunity to put all those elements together? Yep. And yeah, I don't think it would have happened. Mm. I don't think it would have happened without uh, being approached for the exhibition. Awesome. So, That's true. Yeah. It's funny, when I when I did approach you for the exhibition, I had no idea what you were working on, but I knew that you would have something <laughs> that had been percolating <laughs> for years. <laughs> I was like, I know Sandy, yeah. and she will have something. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I've waited years to put this together. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's so, so nice. Yeah, oh, so really I'm glad I was satisfying. able to, to help you have oh, the venue yeah. for yeah. that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really, it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. It's really, yeah. Thanks. We'll put a, a link in the show notes um, to the documentation. Once okay. It's, yeah, once it's all done. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, what about you, Sarah? What are you working on? Well, I'm doing my usual trick of just when it's time to close up my studio <laughs> for the winter, <laughs> deciding I want to make something <laughs> and kind of getting excited about making it. So I did manage to get some work uh in a kiln a week ago um, that I thought was just an experiment. I was just like, oh, well, I'll get this out of my brain. It was mm -hmm. an idea I had about some textile work that I can't quite recall how it came about because I thought I was doing some things with um, thin pieces of clay and 
putting gestures into the clay, arranging mm. them in different ways. And somehow I switched and went back to actually working with real textiles and putting them in porcelain and then shaping the textiles. But I think, well, I forget where it came about, but, and it had to do with um, scrunching them and treating them quite differently than the other ones I've done that have been much more mm. carefully folded. And, mm -hmm. and I just wanted to experiment and see if it would even work in these containers I was putting them in. And, and it did, and they came out as a kiln. And I was like, oh, I really like these. These are awesome. And it's so cool. So I was really excited by them and the way the light was moving around on them. Mm. And they have this kind of, the textiles are very contorted and twisted and scrunched up. But at the same time, they're all in these very formal um, blocks. So they're almost like little grids of stuff. So they're Ooh. compressed in these invisible forms in a way. So it's like this all compressed energy. So they're intriguing, oh. and I'm into them. <laughs> We're <And> intrigued. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, tell us more. And now I have to close up my, my space for the no, winter. Don't do it, no. I know. <laughs> so, yeah. So wow. I'll see what I can figure out if I can squeeze another week or two mm. out there in the freezing cold or yeah. not. Or, you don't need yeah. a kitchen. Just yeah, stay inside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have done that, and it's it's. Quite a pain. Yeah, not a challenging. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Clay's a tough one in the cold weather because your hands are wet for so long. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that work sounds really exciting. Well, and, and it's yeah, also it will be nice to sort of. It was a good head change, and um, I am intrigued with sort of uh, moving more abstractly, which is why I thought I was going to work just with clay sheets and not textiles again that bring mm. all their own stuff. But I like sort of being on the fence a little bit, somewhat abstract, but also elements of recognizability. Mm. And mm -hmm. I think there's a range there that I can roam around in. So. And the textiles mm. burn off in the kiln? They do, but they are still visually textiles. Right. So, so the objects yeah. look like yeah, textiles, but there's that. no fabric in them. Mm. It's pure yeah. porcelain. And when you're choosing the textiles to use, do you, is it stuff of your own or do you gather things that you, so you don't have any These are because that's what I had around. Oh, okay. I have collected, if I know I'm working on certain things, I will collect mm. for that. But generally there's enough textile around your own place yeah. between old t-shirts. These were a lot of just old stuff like that. that yeah. Such an interesting like transmutation process where you're actually completely destroying the original, but then preserving yeah. it right. forever in yeah. this other material. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. sometimes like my earlier work, that was a very precious thing. It was like mm -hmm. to destroy something precious, not to preserve mm -hmm. it in my mind, mm. um, but to destroy it in a way, keep a, a sketch of it. I think of them mm -hmm. as like sketches of it. Whereas this is more the opposite about not being precious about the stuff to an accumulation because they're all like yeah. compressed like I said like the way there's too much of everything in the world things get piled up and yeah. compressed and people included yeah. so these feel like yeah. lives and how yeah. do we treat lives and jamming them all in and cramming them around mm. and treating them rudely yeah I could like mm. feel it when you yeah. were like talking well, yeah. about it like, yeah I feel it in yeah. my body yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> oh exciting mm. um, and where are we at for time just before I Okay, okay, so maybe choose one last question. Hmm. Oh, just for fun, what is, uh, just as a final question, what, what, are, what would you say is the best thing and the worst thing about being an artist? 
<laughs> what is your what is the uh, the thing that you, keeps you doing it and the thing that makes you wish that you maybe had you know been a biologist right. or <laughs> a full-time carpenter yeah. or something instead yeah or or challenges and um, benefits if yeah. you want right. I think um, one of the challenges is um, I call it crazy brain. Mm, yes. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when something's mm-hmm. in there, it's, yeah. it's it's in there until it can find a way out. And uh, yeah, that can be years of thinking about and processing an mm-hmm. idea or something. And then you might do it and it's not what you wanted and you got to try again. <laughs> so, um, you know, there was definitely time periods in my life where I would fall asleep thinking about an idea and trying to sort it out and wake up thinking about the idea and trying to sort it out and feel like I got no rest at right. all. Mm. And then have to go to work, you yeah. know? Yeah. Mm. Um, but um, I think maybe, uh, maybe there's a benefit to that too because it's sort of a, an engagement with the world that I might mm-hmm. not feel if I weren't an mm. artist. Maybe. Mm. Yeah. And that's just a side effect. (laughs) That's an unfortunate side effect of that. So two sides of the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same experience. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of thinking there were no bad sides to it. Like it feels like it's just who you are and it's how you are in the world. So it's just being alive. You, you see things a certain way, you feel things a certain way. And you want to do something with that feeling or those thoughts. So it's just a natural impetus. Mm. But the bad side, I think, for me, sometimes I think a downside is feeling like maybe my role in the world isn't valuable enough or valuable for the world I'm in. Is this the right thing to be doing at this mm. time in this world? Is this the most helpful I can be in the world? Mm. That's, I ask myself that quite a bit. And you have to have that conversation then, is it selfish that I'm doing this? And address that and either decide, yes, it is. Or maybe it is right now, maybe I'll go do something else. Or maybe I'll find a resolution with that. Or why am I making this work then? And of what value is it? So whether or not you get that from the world around you or from yourself, I question that for myself and try to address it. And um, so it can feel, I guess, like a negative, but... Is it almost like guilt? Sometimes you feel guilt? Guilt or just wondering, I guess, too, because not everybody seems to value art the same way or experience mm-hmm. it the same way. So in some milieus, it can feel like what you're doing is oblivious or it's not resonating with people mm-hmm. and providing um, yeah. solace or questions or inspiration or something that you hope it does. Mm-hmm. So that, how do you feel like it's valuable to the world if it's only valuable mm. to a small part of the world. Right. 
And I do think ultimately it's valuable. I think yeah. it's an expression of being a human being and all kinds of things. Mm. But I have to go through that with myself and mm. discuss it periodically. Right. Yeah. yeah. I guess because it's not readily reinforced around you a lot. So, yeah, I feel like, yeah, I have to have that conversation yeah. with myself. I have to say yeah. it's been really nice this year to see you know, because of everything that's happened in the world in, in 2020, to see so many people talking about how art saves lives. You know, how art, like, mm -hmm. is the thing that when everything seems disastrous, you can listen right. to a piece of music, you can look at a sculpture, you can, you know, watch a dance piece mm -hmm. and, and remember kind of what it is to be human and that we will endure and that you know, we can yeah. we can get through it if we find if we can find like the beauty and the understanding that comes through yeah. mm -hmm. through the arts and nothing else delivers that. And it's been nice to see that just mentioned by it's true. ordinary people who've never had a connection to art before, but all of a sudden are like, wait a second, we need this. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we, taking this the time to realize that yeah. and express yeah. it. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, maybe we can all feel a little less guilty of being yeah. in the studio now that it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's, very, it's become very clear, I think, yeah. to everyone how important it is. Yeah, that that's it, right. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. many people are doing and, and tackling projects yeah. at it's home true. now yeah. themselves. And, and wanting yeah. their hands on something yeah. or wanting yeah. to, yeah, yeah, rebuild things around them. Yes. And, yeah. yeah, experiment. And, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and just express a different part of themselves mm -hmm. than, than what comes out in, yeah. in, you know, a job that maybe isn't meaningful to you mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. you know, things that, that don't give you any creative expression. So, so yeah, thank you both so much for this <laughs> conversation. It's been like really beautiful to have on this autumn day mm -hmm. and, you know, just to like think about the cozy uh, winter ahead and yeah, thinking yeah. about mm -hmm. ideas and writing them down. and. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I appreciate you taking the time and energy to be here. Thanks, thank you. Yeah. yeah, this was thank fun. You. It was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for listening, and thank you for being a part of our community. For more information about This Town is Small and the work that we do, as well as our current programming, please go to our website, thistownissmall.com, or follow us on social media on Instagram at This Town is Small PEI and on Facebook at This Town is Small.